Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. It's Rob and Dustin here, the Guys and Ties podcast. And we're we back. Got, we're back. We're back. Took a week off, but we're back. And we got a lot of good stuff in store. We got a good guest interview. We got a lot of content. Dustin, you ready for this? I'm ready. And I want to apologize to, to all the guys out there who wanted a podcast last week, could not get a podcast out. Rob, I got back late from Charlottesville, and I was just dead exhausted and had to wake up early for work the next day rob could meet at nine he said and i said rob that's past my bedtime <laughs> and so we couldn't actually make it work and rob had you said you had a crazy week right yeah i don't want to talk about this week <laughs> just leave it in the past so so we're gonna talk about sports instead and but to appease everyone we're gonna put out two episodes this week and uh, one basketball one football so everyone can be happy and I think we're going to start with basketball, though, because that's kind of the thing that's going on right now. So, Rob, I think the main thing with basketball going on right now is the VCU game that happened last Sunday uh, about a week ago. What were your overall thoughts on that game? I know you didn't watch all of it, but what were your kind of your thoughts on the game? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a good test and it showed some toughness out of this team. And, you know, I think that's going to be maybe the last kind of big tests like that before the ACC play start. So it's been a week non-conference schedule. You know, I've said almost every episode, I wish we played Villanova. Villanova mm-hmm. obviously isn't. They might be better. They lost again today to Kansas. We're recording on uh, Saturday. Different but, day. Yeah. Same guys. It's true. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's been a week non-conference schedule. But at the same time, it's good to see these guys get tested. Yeah, and you know, I want to say I love this game. I love playing VCU. Yep. I think the two, you know, Virginia Tech's a good basketball team this year, but I think VCU's program is probably better. Um, just the the culture and the the history that they have with that team is really awesome. I love playing them, and I hope that we keep playing them every year. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony has this really cool thing where he likes playing the small teams uh, around Virginia, just mm-hmm. because when he he always says when he was at Green Bay. He always wanted to play like Wisconsin and uh, Marquette and schools like that, you know. And so now he likes to schedule the smaller teams so that they have a chance to play the big boys in the state in Virginia. And so I like playing this team. 
and they gave us a run for our money. You know, we we won by eight points, but it, the game was a lot closer than that for most of the time. Yep. Uh, and so I think that what I want to talk about is kind of how the game went and, and why we seem to struggle against this team a little bit. And I think the important thing to realize is that VCU is is probably a better team than than their ranking, right? VCU is currently seven and four or seven and three. Mm-hmm. And but they you know, VCU always is a tough test because of how hard they play and their defense and what they bring to the table. And they, you know, we had a tough time scoring against them. Yeah. Well, one thing I did like, which always helps when you're having a tough time scoring against them, because I think we were like 27% from the field or yeah. something like that, is free throw shooting. That's been a good trend the past two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan State, they went 21 for 23. And against VCU, they did 26 for 30. So good efficiency, good volume. And that's something that was kind of my biggest takeaway from this game, too, is that if you're struggling, it always helps if you can get on the line. And, yeah. you know, this offense struggled a bit and i think that's fair to say against uh vcu but Mm -hmm. they were able to get to the line and that's that's something that i hope continues because this someone tweeted me i think virginia has been like below the national average for several years in a row now as far as free throw attempts to field goal attempts ratio free throw rate yeah so it's it's a good trend and one that i hope kind of sticks around no i i like that this team is trying to get into the paint a little bit more and especially guys like uh, Ty had four three free throws. Kyle had seven free throws. DeAndre had seven. Kihei had seven. Mm-hmm. Jack had three. He only made one, but he still <laughs> had three free throws, yeah. right? Mamadi had two. The only person who missed more than one free throw was Jack. Yeah. Right? He was you one can of live three. With that. I can live with that. I, and I am very happy to say that Kyle and Ty and DeAndre and Kihei and Mamadi all were really uh, consistent at making their free throws during this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... It- Another thing I guess we can talk about is that that came on a lot of minutes. You know, mm-hmm. the starters, Kyle, or four of the starters, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, and Kihei Clark all played above 30, 33 minutes or more. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good way if you can hit free throws. You know, that's what it, this team has been so one dimensional offensively for the past several years. Ever since really Anthony Gill left. There just really hasn't been an inside scoring presence. Mm-hmm. And that goes for the guards, too, because after Malcolm Brogdon left, there wasn't really a guard. You know, London Parentes wasn't going to do it. Ty Jerome has gotten better. Kyle Guy has kind of stayed the same mm-hmm. as far as slashing and trying to get into the paint. So if that can be a theme where you can get more contact, you know, whether it's from your guards down there or your bigs down there, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to help this team. And, you know, maybe because we're not going to go, we're not going to lose we'll lose more than three games this year. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident about that. What Virginia did last year was incredible, yeah. but in some close games, I think free throw shooting is obviously a good way to give yourself an advantage. I think something that worries me a little bit is how much we struggled against VCU, even though we had, even though VCU is a really good team, right? Mm-hmm. Their VCU's best player uh, went one of 10, had three points, and they still gave us like a good game mm-hmm. and we really had trouble scoring i'm concerned that this team hasn't been tested enough in the non-conference schedule and that coming up against games against 
our ACC foes, you know, our first ACC game is against Florida State, right, at home. Mm -hmm. And that is a really difficult test for us because Florida State is might be a top 10 team by that point, and they might beat us at home Yeah, be based on their length and their athleticism. If they can keep us from scoring, right, they might be able to beat us in a very slow game. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm with you. I think we should be tested more. Mm-hmm. I think, and some of it's in our control and some of it's out of our control. You know, if you schedule a team two years from now, you know, right. South Carolina two years from now who we play, or two years ago yeah. who we play now was in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. So some we can control, some we can't control. At the end of the day, you know, I... I like the big games for preparation and excitement as much mm-hmm. as anything. And, you know, at the end of the day, Virginia's going to play an ACC schedule, you know, a very good ACC. You know, you got 10, 11 teams that are legitimately good mm-hmm. and they'll be fine. And really the story of the season is going to be what happens in March. Right. You know, unfortunately, that's that's where the program is and there's no avoiding it after UMBC. Mm-hmm. So. It just kind of is what it is. I think these guys would be prepared, uh, and I think they'll be prepared. I think mentally is the bigger thing more so than just having played teams. Yeah. I, it's just a different dynamic this season, just mm-hmm. given the way last season ended, and I think everyone knows that. It's a very different dynamic, and I think that fans are going to have to be prepared to lose more games this season than we did last season. Right? And they will. I, I think yeah. this team's ceiling is higher but also floor is lower i definitely think the ceiling is higher but i also think that this team is not as um consistent as maybe last year's team you know last year i think devin and isaiah are big losses on the consistency in right because devin we could always count on for some points and really good defense isaiah was all about the hustle Mm -hmm. all about the glue guy but now i mean those two guys with those two guys gone if we go on the road in a really tough environment let's say duke Mm-hmm. Let's say North. Uh, we don't play at North Carolina, but we play at Tech. Mm-hmm. We play at Notre Dame. We play uh, all these away games against ACC schools. There's a very real possibility that we drop a couple of them yeah. that we that we probably shouldn't. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of how it's going to go. And yeah. you know, I think this might be a good transition, kind of into kind of the next thing we want to talk about is Kihei Clark mm-hmm. because. We're not really sure how long he's going to be out with his injury. Tony Bennett hasn't given a timetable. He, for context, suffered a hairline fracture and his wrist taking a charge. I think it was against Morgan State, Mm -hmm. but played against VCU with a soft cast on his wrist. Couldn't really dribble with his left hand, but, you know, with one hand, he played really well. He had a good game. He had surgery last Monday, so we don't really know what the timetable is. Everyone's kind of hoping for a month, you know, kind of get him back on or around for that uh Florida State game but Mm -hmm. how how do you think this team kind of will play without Kihei Clark in the lineup and do you think they're at risk of dropping any games over the next couple weeks without him so Kihei's stat line against VCU was not great he was one of five from the field he didn't make a three-pointer he did play 33 minutes he made all of his uh seven free throws he had two rebounds four assists two steals, but he did have three turnovers and three fouls. But on the other side of that, what you don't see is that he helped to hold VCU's best player to one of 10 for shooting with only one three-pointer and four fouls and three turnovers, one assist. That is an incredible stat line for a freshman of his stature. 
Yeah. Right. We are sort a freshman of, in general. A freshman in general, much less one that is five nine, one fifty. And I don't think he's five nine. I, th- I think he's maybe <laughs> five seven. I mean, it, however, however tall he is, he is playing incredibly well uh, on this team. He has earned starters minutes. He is er- he is one of the uh, players who plays the most. He has been really super consistent all throughout this year, mm-hmm. and I think we're gonna miss that consistency with him in the lineup. You know, he's allowed uh, Kyle and Ty to play off the ball more, to shoot more, to be able to create more mm-hmm. um, when they don't have the ball in their hands. I think it's going to mean more minutes for Braxton, and I think it's going to mean more minutes for Marco as well. Marco only played two minutes against VCU. He had a trillion, uh, which means that he, <laughs> he had no stats at all. And Braxton played 12 minutes. He had three points, and he had four, he had four rebounds, one assist, but he had two turnovers and three fouls as well. So... I think that this is an opportunity because we've seen that Kihei can play, mm-hmm. right? You know, he he's mature. He knows how to make good decisions. I think this is a good time for Braxton and Marco to get more playing time to, for gelling purposes for this team. I think I think that's the problem with Braxton right now. Yeah. It's, it's not a problem, but, you know, when he, stu- when he uh, came out the first game and he was starting, you know, you and I both thought that he was, like, ready to go mm-hmm. and start the whole season. But now... I think that we're seeing it's taking a little bit more time than we thought to get on the same page with the rest of the team. And yeah. I think this is a good opportunity. You know, we have South Carolina coming up on Wednesday. We have uh, Marshall after that. And I think there's another game in there somewhere. Uh, oh, William, it's and Mary. William and Mary. That's right. So we have South Carolina Wednesday, William and Mary that next Saturday, and then Marshall uh, on Monday. December 31st, New Year's Eve. So I think those are all three good games for Braxton and Marco to really get some run in uh, and, and really gel with this team. I think I think that it'll be good for them. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, Kihei Clark's playing, I think it's like 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So how did the O's get split up? I think a lot of them go to Braxton Key. And I'm actually, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm thinking Tony Bennett had such high praise from Amadi Diakite mm-hmm. after the VCU game. You know, his stat line wasn't anything incredible. Is this a chance for him to develop any sort of consistency? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I certainly wouldn't put any money on that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to get a shot. Marco Anthony will get a shot. But, you know, you just got to see what he can do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm... I've been up front. I'm not super high on Marco Anthony as mm-hmm. far as his ceiling goes, but you know he he'll get a chance. He'll definitely get a chance. No, he brings good minutes off the bench, especially with his defense and his physicality. And so I think, especially for especially if Kihei's not back for Florida State, I think Marco can actually have a big bigger role in that game than he usually does because of his physical presence. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bigger guy. He can probably bang around with some of those guards a little bit more than Kihei could or Kyle could. Yeah. So especially if we get into foul trouble, you know, Mar- Marco's going to have to play mm-hmm. uh, eventually. And so I think I think these next three games, South Carolina, William & Mary, and Marshall, are, are a good time for him to be inserted into the lineup and, and really have an impact on, on the team. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a big opportunity. And Virginia, I would say they probably need Braxton Key to step up, and this is an opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, anytime there's an injury, some people are like, oh, maybe this could be a blessing in disguise, like, I don't really believe that. Like, if you're hurt, that's bad. You know, (laughs) Kihei Clark is going to take some time to get back from his injury. Like, I mean, I remember, I'm a big Redskins fan. I remember RG3 tearing his ACL, and there's articles like, 
oh, it's a blessing in disguise because now he'll be able to learn how to be a pocket passer. No. Like, no, no. no. But it's, I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise because it's not, but it's an opportunity for some other guys to develop and try to get, uh, just try to get some consistency, consistency out of it. Yeah, them. It's, it's definitely an opportunity for them. And I think that Mar- Marco especially, I think, is, is going to benefit from this. The, the only player I'm worried about is at this point is Jay Huff. And, you know, we've talked about <laughs> Jay Huff and Jay Huff mystery, but Jay Huff is still not seeing minutes. He only had two minutes against uh, VCU. Again, not a great game for him since VCU played really small. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that Tony is going to... I wish Tony would find more places to insert Jay into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Just so that we can see a little bit something different sometimes. Yeah. Especially against in the VCU game, we our offense was really struggling. You know, we couldn't hit anything from three. We were like twenty seven percent from three. We were just a little bit over seven or thirty percent from the field. And we were playing bad. Um we were actually a little bit under thirty percent, twenty nine point five percent. But we were not playing well on offense. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Maybe putting Jay in would have changed some things. Maybe it wouldn't have, but I don't know. I I, I think I think it's really interesting that we, you know Jay is this presence in our lives that we still <laughs> haven't been able to figure out yet. Well, I'll say this about Jay Huff: I don't think Kihei Clark's injury means any mi- more minutes. Yeah, you don't for think him. Jay's going to be playing? I don't point think guard? there's. <laughs> I don't think the lineup will change at all in a way where it means more minutes for Jay Huff. Well, you know, it might, because if you slide Braxton down, you know, that leaves some minutes open at the four in which Jay could The problem with Jay Huff is that we keep talking about, oh, well, this team wasn't a good matchup for him, or that team wasn't a good matchup (laughs) for him. There's no good matchup for Jay Huff. It's like good players, not just talented players. I'm talking just good players in general, you know, well-rounded, good players, dictate matchups. They're the ones having the other coaches saying, oh, well, my guy isn't a good matchup against this guy. Yeah, that's not Jay Huff. We keep talking about, oh, well, that's not a good matchup. That's not a good matchup. It's, you know, at some point, you have to dictate matchups, and you have to dictate how mm-hmm. you want to play. And unfortunately, that's just something that Jay Huff so you're isn't saying, able to do. you're saying that Jay Huff is the liability that Tony is not... That, that's the reason why he's not being inserted into the lineups, because he, he doesn't... The, the negative effect he would have outweighs the positive effect. Plus, I, we're talking plus minus here, right? <laughs> I have great plus minus and sand volleyball <laughs> garbage at it, but great plus minus. But you know, it's, you just have to look, it's like, is this a net positive when he's on the floor? And Tony Bennett has said no. And while I, he had a fun blue white scrimmage, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything so far on the court this year that would say otherwise. I, Jay Huff is what he is at this point, at least for this season. I don't see there being any situation where barring injury, he's playing significant or really even meaningful minutes. You know, he might get a chance against Florida State because Florida State is a really tall team. You know, they have, um, uh, what's that 7-4 guy's name, Kumanji? I have no idea. Um, Yeah, so so Florida State's got some really tall players. Florida State always seems to have the tallest team that we face. They're they're, always massive. They're all tall. They always have some guy who's 7-4, you know. But I think... If Jay has a chance to play, it'll probably be against Florida State. Yeah. Well, Florida State, one of the more incredible things, I think, is how Leonard Hamilton is 70 years old. I mean, who would have thought? No, he's not. I promise you. It shocked me when I read this last year. Are you serious? He is 70 years old. 
Which, Holy cow. Uh, Florida State has some weird things going on with how big their team is, but that man just keeps going to the Fountain of Youth every season. It's incredible. He but, looks like he's 50. I know. It's, he's it's looked the same for the past 20 <laughs> years, probably. Yeah. it's it, Florida State's weird. You know, big, physical, you know, and a coach who could pass for 40 that's actually 70. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, it's it, we'll see kind of how these next few games go. South Carolina, William & Mary, Marshall. Honestly, all should be wins. Virginia should go undefeated through its non-conference schedule, which mm-hmm. is a feat. And something, I guess, is kind of another good transition into our topic than Virginia's record, how they won two games in the past week, yet fell in the polls. Dustin, I know you had some thoughts, but maybe not the thoughts that other people had on that. So I was I was reading on Twitter when this came out on Monday, and Virginia fell to from fourth to sixth in the AP poll after Tennessee beat Gonzaga. And the whole... AP poll is a mess right now because there's so many, I feel like there's a really big divide between the top six or seven teams and then everyone else. Mm -hmm. I think there's really seven contenders right now who, you know, you could make an argument for any of them to be number one. So you've got, you've got Kansas at one, Duke at two, Tennessee at three, Gonzaga at four, Michigan at five, Virginia at six, Nevada at seven. I think in all all honesty, you could have any one of those seven be in the top number one spot. I, I think I honestly think that Tennessee and Gonzaga are playing the best basketball right now, along with Duke. I mean, really they should all be number one, uh number one A, number one two, number or number one A, number one B, number one C. Yeah. Uh I think Kansas is really good, but they they still got some kinks to work out so far. Uh Michigan is good, but they also their offense is a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Their defense is really good. It's number one in the country right now. And, you know, Virginia is just super consistent on defense, very consistent on offense this year as well. And Nevada's got that experience that they, that, you know, college basketball loves to see. They start five fifth-year seniors. Mm -hmm. That's unheard of nowadays for a really good team. I think any of those teams has a really good shot at going, getting to the Final Four. And honestly, I think you're going to see those seven teams in the top seven for most of the AP poll, mm-hmm. right? I don't really see Nevada losing many games. Gonzaga is getting into their conference schedule, which is pretty easy. Uh, Michigan is going to, I think, pretty much run the table yeah. in the Big Ten, which sucks this year. Besides a couple teams like Michigan State, Maryland's mm-hmm. pretty good. And Tennessee is going to have their hands full with in the SEC, which is actually very strong this year. Duke is going to lose some games in the ACC, but they are Duke. They will always get the bump for being... Duke and you know once again Kansas will probably win the the Big 12 for the 15th year in a row yeah I but you know I going back to what I was originally saying is that UVA dropped two spots from four to six and I don't really care yeah at this point I don't care that we are number six instead of number four it doesn't mean anything and it it especially does not mean anything to our players and what they went through last year with being ranked number one number one overall seed and then losing in the first round to a 16 seed, they don't care what they're ranked. Yeah. They are still going to come out and play hard. And that's kind of the mentality I've found works a lot for me. It's also only December, yeah. right? We haven't played any conference games. We haven't played uh, very many teams that are going to make the tournament. You know, Maryland's probably going to make it. Wisconsin's probably going to make it. VCU might make it. 
Mm-hmm. But besides that, it's it's pretty slim. Make pickings. an argument for Dayton, maybe, but maybe, but they probably know. have to win their tournament. Yeah, and, and so you're you're looking at as we we haven't played a very tough schedule. <clears throat> the teams that bumped that uh, went ahead of us, Tennessee and Michigan, both of them have played very difficult schedules so far, mm-hmm. and and have dominated those schedules. I I, I think that people read into polls too much. Yeah, honestly, I think it doesn't make any sense to look at a number and say who's number one or who's number two. It, it, it's just a number and it doesn't mean anything. And the only thing that matters, and I think a lot of UVA fans can agree with me, is what happens in the tournament at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you go and rank number one, right? Yeah. Especially because you can now lose to a 16 seed. We found that out last year. That's all I wanted to say is that I, I don't care what our ranking is. And I think that the team does not care what their ranking is either. Yeah. I mean, listen, like if you're freaking out about Virginia falling two spots in the poll in December, like you need to get more busy. You need to find better things to do with your time. Like this is just not a big deal at all. But but it is weird. Like it's, 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 it's very sure. unheard of to have a team fall two spots in the top five, out of the top five when they won both their games that week. Yeah, it's weird, but it's just such but it, not a big deal at big, all. It's not it's a big like, deal because Michigan, doesn't matter. It's I, December. And it's also I think Mark Titus had a really good point about this is that like Virginia got its like time in the spotlight last season and they mm-hmm. blew it. Like let's not yeah. mince words. They blew it. Yeah. And everyone's kind of done with Virginia right now. Yeah. Everyone knows there's a good team, but no one really wants to talk about them I'm anymore. I'm fine with that. I'm okay it, with that. That well, might reflect itself in Rob, the rankings. Rob and I might be the only ones who are talking about Virginia. <laughs> but but at the same time, you you got to think about you know, I I honestly think that those 16 or those five teams in front of us are probably playing better basketball than Virginia right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. But you can also make the case that Virginia could be number one. You know, one AP voter voted Virginia number one this week or mm-hmm. last week, which I I don't necessarily agree with. But you know, to each their own, and you get you look at different things and you know what happens and whatever. But I I think that's all I'm trying to get at is that the number doesn't matter until the tournament's over. Yeah, and it's March. not even like the tournament seating committee is the same as the AP poll. No. Like there's no connection there. Right. You know, AP poll has uh like tons of different writers in there and mm-hmm. in defense of the writers who rank these teams, you know, you're asking a newspaper writer who, you know, is not able to watch every game during the week to rank all of the teams. Like it's a hard job and I hate when people get called out on the rankings like, "Oh, why'd you put this team ahead of that?" It's like these guys are just trying to do their job. Like, you know, it's there's a lot of things going into it. It, I, I, What I'm trying to get at is that this doesn't matter at all. It right. was literally, like, I don't understand the big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's and, not. <laughs> and I think, at, you know, we're going to move up and down the rankings this year just because that's how that's how rankings work. Yeah. You know, we, we're going to move up and down. But um, getting off of the rankings, I think that it's time to talk about our next game, which is at South Carolina on Wednesday, December 19th. Uh, South Carolina is not a great team this year. They are 4-5. and five, But Rob and I don't know much about South Carolina. And so we decided to bring on someone who does know a lot about South Carolina, Andrew Ramsbatcher. He used to write for UVA uh, The Daily Progress. He was the beat writer for the football team. And he did some basketball too. And now he works at the state in South Carolina. So we're going to give him a call See what he has to say about the basketball team at South Carolina. 
All right, everyone, this is Andrew Ramsbatcher on the phone with us. He is a beat writer for The State, and he covers South Carolina sports. How are you doing today? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I think, you know, because it's really interesting that we play South Carolina in basketball and we play them in football, and we're going to talk about football later. But first, we're going to talk, we want to talk about basketball and ask you some questions about the basketball team. But before sure. we do that, could you just uh, introduce yourself for people who might not know who you are? Yeah, uh, I for from 2012 to 20, uh, I guess four games into the 2017 uh, football season, I covered uh, UVA uh, for the Daily Progress in Charlottesville uh, before coming down to Columbia and uh, covering South Carolina uh, for the state newspaper. I've been here since. Uh, October of uh, 2017. So uh, going into my uh, second, uh, uh, or I guess I'm into my second basketball season covering the Gamecocks and uh, with football as well, kind of helping out there, covering them. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I've got about two years down there as well. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. Obviously, I have uh, some, some ties on both sides of these upcoming uh, football and, and basketball uh, matchups. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's really interesting because you you covered both sides of the sport, and of course you I don't know how up to date you are on UVA sports, but you definitely know some South Carolina sports, <laughs> which Rob and I definitely do not. So that's why we're calling you, and we're gonna start with basketball. And the first thing we kind of want to ask is what is going on this season? So like, what's the general vibe? How's the season going for you guys? Yeah, uh, for South Carolina, it's been a it's been a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two years removed from uh, a Final Four run, uh, the first in, in school history, uh, it's taken uh, you know a bit of a step back uh, from a program standpoint in terms mm-hmm. of obviously keeping it at that level. Uh, last year, um, you know, I thought Frank Martin. It's you wouldn't know this unless you're around it every day and you saw the. Uh, that roster makeup of last year's team. I thought for Frank Martin to get 17 wins out of last year's team was one of his better coaching jobs because there wasn't a whole mm-hmm. lot of talent uh, on that team. And uh, it was a team that, you know, a couple uh, lost leads late in games against Tennessee and Texas Tech and uh, some other games here or there, Mississippi State. You win those games, and last year's South Carolina team could have gotten back to the NCAA tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that, that. Uh, it just lost too many games late. It didn't have a closer uh, since Sendarius Thornwell has left the program, has yet to uh, to find that that kind of that that dog type guy at the end of games, that Ty Jerome-esque type player mm-hmm. uh, that can kind of step up and hit that big shot. And, um, you know, this year in, in 2018-19, I think the vibe going in was this had a chance to, to get back to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a retooled roster. Uh, there was some turnover in the offseason, uh, addition of, of basically eight new players, including a transfer that's uh, that's sitting out this year from George Washington by the name of J.R. Bolden. But seven new guys basically uh, eligible for this year, including five freshmen. And they both came or they all came with with pretty good reputations. And you combine that with uh, a veteran front court and Chris Silva and Mike Coatsard, um, you had some pieces there that you thought Frank Martin could work with and, and could get going. And it just did not, it just hasn't gotten off to a great start. I mean, literally, uh, even an exhibition game, 
against Division II Augusta University, um, <laughs> South Carolina lost, uh, which yeah. was, you know, a, a shocking result. Now, Frank's kind of downplayed the whole deal and said, listen, it's exhibition. And if you go through the history of that, there have been some significant teams over the years that have lost exhibition games and have gone on to have successful seasons, uh, including Syracuse not too long ago. So you kind of brushed that off, but then you got to the season and, and this team had some warts, had some injuries, uh, which kind of, you know, hurt them in practicing, developing those new guys and stuff like that. And the chemistry wasn't all there. And, and, uh, you know, to this point, um, I think the number one reason why they're four and five uh, instead of, you know, I thought for nine games, this team would be seven and two, eight, and one, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the biggest reason is Chris Silva. Uh, this guy is South Carolina's all SEC player, was the defensive player of the league, uh, defensive player of the year in the league last season as a junior, mm-hmm. uh, tested the NBA waters, decided to come back. And quite frankly, he's just been disappointing. Just has not been great. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a double-double against Michigan and South Carolina's most recent outing. And it was really the first time we've seen all year the Chris Silva that we kind of remember from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just been off. And when Chris Silva plays well, this is a competent team. Uh, this team played Michigan as well as anybody in the country at this point. And Michigan's, you know, has rolled Villanova. They rolled North Carolina. Uh, they had a convincing victory over Providence. So they have some really, really good wins. And South Carolina went up to Ann Arbor on their floor and, and gave them a game for 40 minutes, which I did not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big reason why is because Chris Silva figured it out and uh, every kind of, everything kind of went well around him. So that's really the big question mark for this team going forward is, is if Chris Silva can be consistent, uh, this team's got a chance most every night they, go, they come out and play. It just, it's only been there literally for one game out of nine games. Uh, to start the year yeah I mean should we read anything into that Michigan game or just that just a complete outlier you know Chris Silva you brought him up you know uh, 18 points 12 boards against Michigan I mean do you think that could be the start of anything good for them like Virginia should Virginia fans be concerned I don't think that this South Carolina team even if it was seven to two right now Chris Silva was playing well um, has the roster makeup and the maturity in the backcourt uh, to play with a team like Virginia. And I always say that because um, they're very inexperienced at guard. You're going to have to play, obviously, as you guys know, you play Virginia, you got to play in the half court offensively. They're not going to let you get out in transition. And um, I don't know what this team, I don't know what this team can do uh, in the half court uh, with, with some, you know, some younger players at those guard spots going up, going up against, Ty Jerome and, and, and Kyle Guy and, and everybody like that. So uh, even if even if South Carolina was rolling right now, I, I, I don't think Virginia fans uh, should worry all that much. <laughs> um, uh, I do think that South Carolina, you know, if, if it replicates its performance against Michigan or, or something close to that, and Chris Silva's playing well, I think they hang in there and give it a game. And I think, um, you know, four days later when Clemson comes into Columbia, I think South Carolina can beat Clemson. Um, but I think I think Virginia is just is on a different level. Wofford came into Columbia not too long ago with some really really good guards, and I mean just crushed South Carolina, beat them by twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, the Michigan game certainly feels like an outlier, but it, it's 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 different in the sense that it can't it, it, that performance can be repeated because Chris Silva has shown in the past. 
he can do this. He can average a double double for a season. Um, he nearly did it last year. I got to see it more than once to, to kind of feel confident that he'll show up in a on a big stage facing a team like uh, like Virginia. And and the other thing about Silva, he's super athletic. He's pretty talented, um, but there's a flaw with him offensively. Uh, a lot of times is he does not handle double teams well. And I have pictured mm-hmm. a million times in my head that post trap coming <laughs> yeah. from from whoever, you know, from Mamadi, from Jack Salt, mm-hmm. uh, and and him struggling with it. So I just don't think it's, it's a good matchup uh, for South Carolina, no matter how well they were playing going into this game. Yeah, and um, you've been talking a lot about Chris Silva, and I think, honestly, he's probably the only player I could have named on South Carolina this season. Like, I, I just haven't been up to date on South Carolina. Is there anyone else, any other players who have been uh, big contributors this year or who have surprised you on South Carolina that UVA fans should look out for on the court? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, AJ Lawson um, is a freshman, uh, 6'7", long guard, has played some point, can play basically one through three. Um, He's a guy that, as of right now, is a top 50 NBA prospect as a freshman. That's according to uh, the athletic that came out with a top 100 list uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Sam Vessinen, I think is that's how you say it. Uh, he came out with, with his list, and, and Lawson was on there. He's a kid out of Canada um, that was a four-star um, prospect who reclassified very late in the process. Um, uh, you know, he, I think he just turned 18, so he's really, really young. Mm-hmm. He's a little raw. Um, he's skinny. You can tell he's a freshman from his from his body type, but he is electric in the open floor. He is super fast. Um, you know, real long, obviously. Uh, can create space. You know, that that's kind of going back to Silva. I think that's it's been a little bit of a of a struggle. I think to figure those two guys haven't figured each other out yet. That chemistry is mm-hmm. not there, uh, particularly in half court situations because Frank Martin is trying to kind of design an offense between between those two guys and running some high ball screens, things like that, um, kind of an NBA style, and it just hasn't clicked to this point. If it does click, they're two pretty talented guys individually. And if they get it together, that, that's a pretty good one-two punch that South Carolina has going forward. But, yeah, Lawson can, can really play. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, that, again, I don't know how he'll play against, against a team like Virginia, um, just because his, A.J. Lawson is best when he's going downhill and getting forward and, and getting out in transition and, and basically beating people to the rim. Um, and, uh, you know, UVA prides itself over the years on, on limiting those transition opportunities. So uh, that, to me, will be, will be pretty interesting uh, to see if, if he's able to get out and run. Um, the other guy who's another freshman is Keyshawn Bryant. Uh, he, I don't know if how much people paid attention to that Michigan game, but uh, he had probably the highlight of that game, uh, a two-handed dunk right in the face of a Michigan player. Um, super athletic, real long, too. He's about 6'6", kid out of Florida, who was a little raw. Uh, I think is, you know, I don't think he's hit a three-pointer all year, mm-hmm. um, so he's not a huge threat for the outside, but uh, wants to dunk everything. Uh, and, and attacks the basket, you know, uh, a lot, and is, is pretty exciting to watch. Now, those two together, 
uh, can be really fun. They can also, you know, as, as Frank Martin has said, kind of made him, I think his words were made him more bald uh, because <laughs> uh, they can be erratic at times, a lot of turnovers, things like that. But you can tell two, three years down the road, if these guys are still here, um, you know, they got some pieces in place for, for a pretty good, uh, a pretty good nucleus brewing here uh, as freshmen. So yeah, Keyshawn Bryant and AJ Lawson are, are two guys to, to definitely uh, keep tabs on uh, beyond silver. Yeah, and uh, I think you know you you always talk about you know down the road what do these guys what can these guys do and what what are these guys gonna do like you used to we're looking at like Kihei now and seeing like in, in three years what is he gonna do but if if these guys are super athletic and talented you know they might they might leave early but it, you know down the road you know you look at South Carolina's roster and there's so many freshmen and sophomores. Right. Uh, who have a lot of, uh, or who are getting a lot of experience this season. And so I think it's just kind of the difference between this UVA team and the South Carolina team in kind of the experience that we bring. But I, I, I like listening to, you know, these new players because it's exciting for me because I don't know anything about South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned sophomores too. And, um, you know, that's another part of, of what's going on with this season, you know, in, in Coming back from Thanksgiving, it was the practice right before they played Wofford. Um, Justin Minaya had a, uh, a knee injury where he needed, required surgery. Mm. Uh, it wasn't super serious, um, but he's going to be out at least until conference play in January. And that was a huge blow mm. uh, for South Carolina. Justin Minaya is there. Uh, best perimeter defender. He started 30 games as a freshman last year. One of these guys who doesn't really stand out a lot on a stat sheet, but your glue guy type. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I don't. From a from a Virginia standpoint, you know, a little a little Isaiah Wilkins esque, mm-hmm. uh, different kind of player, but that kind of meaning to the team. Uh, yeah. You know, a guy that that uh, was really good in the locker room, leadership wise, on the court, the whole deal, even as a sophomore. Uh, his dad is Omar Minaya, of course, he was in the front office for the Mets. So a guy that's kind of is pretty mature. He's been around big time athletics his whole uh, his whole life. And uh, that's a huge blow. And when he got hurt, that's when Frank went to a three freshman starting lineup, um, which he'll continue with, I assume, uh, on Wednesday against against Virginia. So, uh, you know, it, it, it made them more young. It might have made them more athletic, but certainly it made them more young, which causes uh, some excitement and some and some issues, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. But that Mania loss was was huge. Yeah, yeah. no, that's interesting. Uh, I guess kind of last thing on basketball: is it safe to assume South Carolina, in order to try to win uh, this coming week, they're just gonna have to try to speed things up? Like, is that the formula you think they're gonna try to use? Yeah, um, I, yeah, and which is really really hard. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of teams go into playing UVA want to speed things up. I mean, those Rick Pitino Louisville teams, I think, wanted to speed things up. I think Mike Bray's Notre Dame have wanted to speed things up. It's really, really hard. I mean, what's, I mean, I'm trying to think which teams have sped Virginia up. I mean, UNC Wilmington in that first round game a couple years ago where Syracuse in um, West Virginia 2016 got sped up UVA. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Right. I, I mean, I think back to that Wilmington game where Kevin Keats ended up mm-hmm. being his last game before he went to NC State, where I've never seen 
uh, I knew Kevin Keats was a good coach right then and there because mm-hmm. I've never seen Tony Bennett have to adjust like that. Yeah. If you remember, he went to five guards. He played five guards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Marino Shayok was basically playing the five, um, <laughs> you know, in that game because Isaiah was uh, was out with the illness. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just you, you can count them on one hand, the teams that, that have sped UVA up. So uh, that's what's going to make this super interesting. If you look by Ken Palm numbers, um, as of a couple days ago, I don't know if it's still like this now, but as of a couple days ago, UVA was not, or excuse me, South Carolina was number 20 in, uh, in tempo and adjusted tempo in the country. Mm-hmm. You're 21 now. 21. Yeah. So if you go back and look through, so Frank Martin started in 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. 2013 was his first year. I think that I could be wrong here. You have to look at me or right. kind of back this up, but I don't know if a Frank Martin team's ever been top. 80 in pace and rarely top 100 at all okay so this is a totally different team than his teams of the past um the final four team was a little uva like where it was it was defense it was toughness uh it was a four-year star player like sandarius norwell Mm -hmm. having a great senior year um and kind of put the team on his back kind of you know kind of like Malcolm brogdon type thing he was yeah. sec player of the year stuff like that this is a different team for frank they're not great rebounding like they have in the past um they're taking more threes than they have uh so that's something obviously that that the pack line is is okay with right mm-hmm. taking contested threes they'll take a bunch of those um so yeah i mean to answer your question uh, i guess we'll speed them up we'll try <laughs> to speed them up that's what you got to do when you have the athletes they do, uh, like A.J. Lawson and, and Silva and, and, and Keyshawn Bryant and T.J. Moss and Asani Gravit. But, again, against UVA at some point, you got to be really, really good in the half court. And uh, I just don't know if this team has the guard play uh, experience or the discipline to uh, to execute in that, in that type of situation. All right, all right. Uh, I have one last quick question. What is South Carolina's student section like? How do they compare to Virginia's? <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> not much of it <laughs> uh yeah that's something that that um you know particularly this time of year um you know something i learned quickly uh you know i'm in a different league down here right mm-hmm. this is it, it's football season up until it isn't yeah and, yeah uh, <laughs> so there th- th- there was great crowds last year um for uh you know the kentucky game obviously mm-hmm. auburn was a great crowd tennessee was sold out uh the student section was great uh, but it takes a little bit for them to, to, to come around to basketball. Mm-hmm. And because uh, this is a – football never stops here. You know, <laughs> for, for Virginia fans, right, uh-huh. December December 19th is, is the basketball game against Virginia. Yeah. For South Carolina fans, December 19th is early signing day. Yeah, which, that's true. Um, that's true. And, and at the end of the day, it's, there's a basketball game <laughs> where priorities are. So okay. uh, students will not even be around anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know what kind of atmosphere will be out there. You would think a, a top five team would, uh, would would draw something. You um, think? But yeah. It's a huge arena, so it can. I think it's too big. You need to take <laughs> out four or five thousand seats. <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll see. All right, wonderful. So that was our basketball talk with Andrew Ramsbacher. All right, and thank you so much. Any 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 last words on the basketball game coming up on Wednesday? Yeah, no, I'm just. I'm just I'm looking forward to it. This this game was scheduled shortly after uh, I came down here to Columbia, mm-hmm. so 
uh, I'm looking forward not only to this game, but uh, to the uh, the home and home going back to JPJ uh, yeah. next year. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be fun. It'll be great. All right, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That was Andrew Ramsbacker, formerly of the Daily Progress, now of the state, longtime UVA guy, now been at South Carolina a couple years. Good to get him on and get some perspective on Virginia and also South Carolina. So with that, we'll give some yells. Give a yell to BJ Stiff. Like I said, we're recording this Saturday afternoon, and Old Dominion is fresh off an upset of 25th-ranked Syracuse. I don't think they'll be ranked now in the poll next week. Probably not. But... B.J. Stith led the ODU Monarchs to victory today. Played 38 minutes, uh, finished with 18 points and 10 boards. Uh, former UVA guy, you know, for a season. He was The funny part is, is, is that he was actually, according to most services, the top-rated recruit in that class, that Isaiah Wilkins, mm-hmm. uh, what, was Meryl Shayok in that class? Uh, anyway... Led ODU to the win, sixty-eight to sixty-two, yeah. upset over Syracuse. You know he and the son of a former UVA great, yep. um, Brian Stith, and um, you know, good to see him. You know, find a home at ODU and really, you know, find himself and get get a starting role. I don't know if he would have played that much at UVA if he had stayed mm-hmm. longer than he did. So good to see him uh, doing well. But my shout out goes to. Kihei Clark and also uh, Javon Quinterly, who plays for Villanova. He was a five-star recruit that Virginia was really high on. Uh, a lot of UVA fans wanted him, but Quinterly doesn't really play that much for Villanova this season. Villanova just lost their fourth game to Kansas today, and but Quinterly also only played one minute in Villanova's loss to Penn mm-hmm. uh, this week as well. And after that loss, he said that Villanova was his second choice for a reason. Unclear what that means, <laughs> but he <laughs> caught a lot of flack for his for his, for that message. And you know, there's been questions about his his behavior and his, and his maturity. And I'm thankful that we got a guy in Kihei Clark who is mature, who who knows his place, and has earned minutes, uh, starters minutes, lots of minutes, <laughs> lots of minutes, more minutes than I ever thought he would play. <laughs> And just I, I'm happy for Tony and the staff, even though they they lost out on Quinterly. You know, it was a blessing. We're talking about blessings in disguise earlier. This is a blessing in disguise that uh, Quinterly chose Villanova, and we got Kihei Clark. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. But I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on iTunes and Podbean if you want to keep it. listening. <laughs> and I'll we will see you guys next week. Yes, sir. Or, late, or later this week. A couple putting, days. I don't know. A little bit. Whenever we get it out, we'll see you then. Beat South Carolina. <laughs>